0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close.
1: Plays it through center. Sabres with the break for Thompson. Lays it back to
2: the far circle. Score! Jack the Mighty
1: Quinn! Sabres and Jackets tonight at Keybank Center, and with it, the return of Jack Quinn. Marty. Welcome along as we get set for the book ending of Winterfest, the front end of the book ending by the Jackets and the 12 Days of Christmas. Yeah,
2: um, I, well, thank you for uh, inviting me along. Uh, I didn't
1: really, it was more of a welcome.
2: It's a welcome, um, and I'm glad to be here. Now, listen, um, we haven't been here on location in quite some time, mm-hmm. and it has, you know, it was different, watching practice from up close and, and seeing a lot of bodies on the ice because, you know, Alex Stuck was on the ice, Jordan Greenway was on the ice, um, you had uh, Brett Murray on the ice working at the one end also with the extras, so there there was a lot of bodies on the ice, which we haven't seen a lot, they did some power play work at the end of the morning skate, which... Um, gave me kind of an inside look as to what they're looking to do uh, this evening. So, um, yeah, it's good to be back at KeyBank Center and to actually uh, take in the morning skate like this.
1: Well, the big story, though, is Jack Quinn's first game of the season tonight.
2: Yes. Um, and when you look at Jack Quinn, so I was trying to see where would I fit him in my lineup, right? And it's hard to take apart what the top six is and has been doing Despite the fact that, look, do you want more uh, success? Hang on,
1: hang on. Are you sure about that statement? Yes. They're not scoring.
2: Well, that's that's what I'm saying, is that <laughs> I look at it and I'm like, okay, like I'm not taking Benson out of the top it's six, right? I don't want to take Benson out of it. Um, I'm not going to take Thompson or Tuck out of the top six, and then it's Middlestad, Cousins, and Paterka. And, oh. Maybe you can have an argument that one of those three could have come out. But uh, at the same time, you're like, okay, you're going to ease Jack Quinn in. This is, you know, the last time he played, my head was shaved. Like, you know, I was still short hair from, you know, bald for bucks. And now he hasn't had training camp. He hasn't had, you know, preseason games. He hasn't had any of the first 32 games. So maybe you're going to ease him into it. So the easier spot for Jack Quinn is to be spotted in the bottom six. Um, but that could change. That could change at any moment. I was watching morning skate. He had a lot of jump, and it's it's normal. Somebody that's just coming back to play his first game in the year in in the season, uh, and we are December 19 now. Um, I mean, you're going to have some jump, and if that jump carries over in the game. Uh, you may see some changes during the game, depending on how the the score is and the game is is running along.
1: Well, right now he's uh, on a line with Joost and yes. with the Krebs line staying with Robinson and Apozo. Which, of course, Eric's going to join us here coming up. And you mentioned the the um, you know the forwards that are at the top of it. I, I I'm going to I'm more of like what I was like on the podcast where. Just give me the hot hand when it comes to goaltending. And so I think based on the fact that they're three up, three down in the last six, and in a greater picture over the last five weeks, the offense has not got that uptick that they were hoping for. They they had been in that 2.8 range for a long time. They were, you know, striving to get to... Close to where they were last year, and it never happened. And in fact, in the last month, they've been closer to two point six. Yeah. So that, that's why I would, you know, I'm I'm more of a blank canvas guy here. Like, if you have somebody like Jack Quinn coming in, I'm like, make it make well, it different, make it uh, bold, make it. Now, I'm not I'm not disagreeing. I'm just telling you what I'm yeah. looking at here because I'm not sure what Quinn, Jose like, Olafson. Well, yes. but the thing is, it's like, I feel like every there's always like. contradiction is not the right word but like if you're in the lineup you're in the lineup like you're not holding back I I, you know what I mean like if you're ready to go you're ready to go you don't need to manage anybody's minutes if you're ready to go you're ready to go well uh, yes
2: no and maybe all of that together I totally understand what you're saying now the way for me to maybe say hey We have a guy that's coming back that has great upside offensively and can make a difference in the game would have been to say, we're going to get him on the power play. We're going to put him in one of the two power play units and use that as a different look. As a player that's going to be fresh, maybe can have a little bit more jump at getting to rebounds and getting second opportunity, maybe he's going to, you know, bring a different energy, a different dynamic to the power play. That's more how I would have looked at it at first. Like, that would have been my first thought, Quinn, on the power play. And really, when I mentioned it yesterday on our Sabres Live Overtime podcast, was Okay, I could see Quinn playing, you know, where maybe Paterka is on the power play and maybe move JJ to the bumper, but then that moves Benson to a different power play unit, which is fine. Uh, I think Zach Benson's uh, biggest contribution is, is energy, is relentless pursuit of the puck, uh, is going to the front of the net, and that's all five on five. So if you want to ease Jack Quinn in at five on five, Maybe you give him that power play at time, which it doesn't look like it's going to be the case when you look at the power plays the way they were working this morning. And Don Granato mentioned that we're probably going to see Jack Quinn kill penalties as opposed to play on the power play. So that's where I think I would have infused the offense of Jack Quinn to try to make a difference with the numbers right now.
1: He also mentioned... You know, and had yesterday with Greenway, who's still kind of in that day-to-day mode, but mentioned that, I mean, Skinner could be as early as four days from now, and that Gergensens might see time before the break. That to me was uh, a lot quicker than anticipated. Yes. Um, so you're, you know, you're you're staring at potentially three more regulars coming back into the mix, and with Jacob Bryson on waivers right now, um, you know, there there could be a dramatic reasonably dramatic, uh, different look to this group here before even the three games, you know, after the Christmas break.
2: Yeah, no, it could be very much different, obviously. Uh, But again, if if you have everybody healthy Mm -hmm. and everybody coming back in the lineup, how does that affect... The roster itself and the roster moves yeah. because we've been talking about three goalies. Don Granado said on the morning show on WGR 550 this morning that it is Levi and UPL's net, that they've earned it, and unfortunately that leaves Comrie off to the side right now. Mm-hmm. And does that mean that, you know, that's maybe one of the moves if you need a roster spot? Is it. You know, at Ford, the easy one would be to say, well, Brett Murray can go back to Rochester and that clears up a roster spot. But you may have to make more room uh, as players get healthy and get back into the lineup. So Jacob Bryson obviously is the, the first domino right now being put on waivers. Mm-hmm. And that opens up the door for Jack Quinn to be uh, reinserted into the uh, roster right now.
1: So um, Devin Levi is in a position... Of what right now, Um, you know, as far as what you've seen in this game and what this stretch now entails this week, which is every other day, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Columbus tonight, Toronto at home Thursday at the Rangers on Saturday. So I
2: when you say Devin Levi is in a position of blank, right? And I'm thinking, well, the, the easy insertion there, if we were playing the match game would be position of strength. Maybe it's position of control. It's his net. It's his net right now. And you continue to play the way that you've played since returning from Rochester. Um, And that could easily be three and three this week. That I'm definitely looking at. Columbus and Toronto as two Levi starts, and then potentially going to say, "Hey, why not go to the Rangers? If you have results in the first two, why not go to Game Three and keep Levi running with it?" So that's how I look at it as a position of strength, position of control with Levi, um, and and really he's been he's been what we wanted to see early in the season, but it needed uh, maybe a little reset. Uh, after the injury and going down to Rochester to achieve that.
1: His last game last year was against Columbus. That was his one and only meeting head-to-head with the Blue Jackets. That was a victory, of course, in what, unfortunately, at that point, was uh, not an impactful game as far as the standings were concerned. But what it did do, as we've heard from the coach and general manager, was it left them with that feeling of how close they were because it ended the standings with them being one point out of the eventual playoff spot. Needed, obviously, two to surpass it. But you get the idea. And Columbus is not... Uh, to be looked upon, in my opinion, and hasn't been all year, as a team that is, um, you know, Lower ranking, uh, look, they had unexpected upheaval at the start of the year when it yep. came to coaching. They're 6-6-1 and in the last 13 after going through a miserable stretch of one win in 14 prior to that. So they've been in lockstep with a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference for the last month. And tonight it is an opportunity for Eric Robinson to go against his former club. It's also the start of Winterfest. It is a four-game stretch here, the 12 days of Christmas, if you will, here at Key Bank Center. And it is tonight all the way through the 30th. Each game's going to have its own fun theme and Winterfest activities, plus a theme poster giveaway for the first 10,000 fans at each game. Of course, Leafs, Bruins, Jackets are the teams that are involved here in Winterfest. You can purchase your tickets now at sabers.com slash tickets. It's game night for Eric Robinson and his first opportunity, our first opportunity to uh, be joined here at the arena with him. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. This is great. I mean, we're uh, we're wanting to learn a little more about you, and uh, I have to say that... uh, we're curious about your upbringing in like a, a hockey family. Obviously, your your brother has uh, kind of set the path, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, that's right. He was, uh, you know, playing when I was growing up, and I just wanted to be like him. So he kind of, you know, paved the way for me.
1: And uh, now he's playing in the the KHL. Uh, how often are you in in touch with him? Yeah, mostly mornings
3: or nights. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, quite a bit of a time change, but yeah, we try and catch up and, and keep in touch as much as possible.
2: So, he went to Lake Superior State, right? Yep. And then when you made your decision to go to Princeton, what did he say? Was he like, oh, okay, Brainiac, like, you got to one-up <laughs> me there?
3: Yeah, no, I uh, I talked to Lake Superior State as well, but um, <laughs> they they like, uh, you know, playing two or three years a junior, and I, yeah. I didn't really want to go that route, and I figured a 45-minute drive from my parents to Princeton was, was nicer than the 16-hour drive to Lake State, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, they were able to come up and see quite a few more games, and it was nice being close to home.
2: But that's true, because you, you grew up in New Jersey. Yep. So you played with uh, Comcast, like, out in uh, the, mm-hmm. the same organization as Mattia Samuelson. But when you played 18U, he was a 13U-like player. Did you guys knew each other back then, even though there was five years difference?
3: No, not back then. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. More recently, I've gotten to know Sammy uh, just from skating in the summers where mm-hmm. – uh, you know, skating a few times a week together uh, each summer now.
2: Yeah, he probably grew a
1: little bit from the time he was 15 <laughs> years now, right? So. Yeah, that's right. How was the Princeton experience?
3: It was awesome. Yeah, I'm super grateful for that. Um, you know, we had a lot of good a lot of good guys there that I'm still really close with. Um, and we struggled for a couple of years, obviously my, my first couple of years. But, you know, the coaching staff did a good job recruiting and, and bringing some guys in. And, you know, we had, we had a lot of fun and, and won some
2: games my junior and senior year as well. How was the schooling? Because I so I think um I remember Peros played there, mm-hmm. uh Westgard played there. Those were guys that were involved like when we were with the players' association. right like they were the the smart guys on the big table, you know, up front that understood all the lingo. And uh but I also I played with Daryl Powell who went to Princeton, Jeff right. Alpern who went to Princeton. Right. Um I, I would say that to Jeff Alpern right now. He doesn't strike me as a, as a Princeton guy, but that's okay. Like, how he's a good guy, that's all right. But uh, how is the schooling, and and knowing that it is a pretty demanding academic school?
3: Yeah, um, you know, a lot depends on what what major and what route you take to. Like, we had some guys doing engineering, and wow. you know, that was a pipe dream for me at one point, and, and didn't <laughs> last very long. And then I did uh, economics for. Uh, I lasted two semesters for that, and. I was like, ah, I'm going to try the hockey thing and uh, just put all my eggs into that basket. And, you know, it's kind of as hard as you want to make it. Um, but still, like, I ended up doing history, which is less demanding, less work, less school uh, time in class. But, you know, it's still, I have to write papers and, and do all that stuff. But, um, yeah, like I said, it's kind of as hard as you want to make it.
1: How would you describe the hockey journey then uh, in its entirety so far and maybe a favorite teammate along the way at any level?
3: Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, A lot of good teammates come to mind, Um, you know, from school. I had a fortunate couple classmates of mine were in my wedding uh, last summer, so obviously, you know, stayed really close with them. And, and, you know, I've been attending their weddings and and still seeing them as much as I can in the summers. Um, And then, you know, just a lot of good people um, from Columbus, too, that, you know, like guys that come to mind from when I first got there, you know, Seth Jones, Boone Jenner. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of guys that were veterans when I got there, but you know, took me under their wing and, and taught me what it meant to to be a pro. And, and you know, they're two of the guys that are, you know, the epitome of that for me.
2: Is it a little weird this morning when you're out there for morning skate and then you see everybody come on the bench and you know, former teammates and trainers and equipment guys? And uh, I know it was always weird for me. I loved it though. It was all gave me like a boost of energy knowing that there was a personal touch to it, not just the, the, the hockey game, but was it a little different for you this morning?
3: Yeah, it was weird. It almost felt like uh, I was on the ice at the wrong time, like I was uh, a bit early. Um, but yeah, I think, like you said, I can use it uh, a little bit more motivation, maybe yeah. a little bit more jump in in the step tonight.
2: Do you, like ease off on some of guys like when you go to hit them or you because i feel like with my buddies i always played a little harder i wanted yeah. to maybe hurt them a little bit more yeah. like my brother if we, if we played i wanted to hurt him so I, does that come into play
3: well I, i'll have to see i haven't i haven't done it yet is yeah. my first time so you don't want to hurt them no, but you want
2: to just give them a little shot
3: no i think once the puck drops it has to be all business and, yeah. and you know you're trying not to think too much about it as hard as it'll be
1: how often uh, do you get a chance to have family in attendance?
3: Uh, quite a bit. Obviously, with Columbus, we were in the uh, metro, so we were on the East Coast all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Jersey, Philly, New York, both of them, Boston, D.C., pretty much all those games, families coming to us, so that's really nice. Have been here yet? They haven't been to Buffalo yet, no. It's kind of been a whirlwind. We had some road games since I got here, but... Yeah. You know, I think after Christmas, once the dust settles a little bit and and things calm down, we'll you know we'll get them out.
2: Nice. Are you a Eagles fan? Yes. Okay. So last night was not good for you, right? That was a tough night. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. How did they let that game slip? I have no idea. Like, Hurts threw two picks when he didn't have to throw them. I was just, I, I'm not an Eagles fan, obviously. I'm a Bills fan. You're going to have to really change your answer as you are here in Buffalo. Yeah. When people ask you if
1: you're an Eagles well, fan. Well, what does Sammy
3: guys... say? Is he, he must be holding true that he's an Eagles fan, right? I don't know. Yeah,
1: that. he, um, remember last year when there were Super Bowl predictions? But oh, like yeah. way it, in advance? Yeah, he had the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. But like way, 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 way in advance. Yeah. But yeah. he
2: also, I don't think he wears it out. I think he kind of keeps it on. Yeah. That's kind of Sammy's
1: persona, though, right? Yeah, like yeah, he'll yeah. just sneak, he'll, he's he'll, sneaky g- with everything. He'll oh. go on the
2: field. With all the guys, right? And where's yeah. Bill's stuff? And proudly right. represent, but I don't know if he has an Eagles T-shirt
1: underneath. So yeah. you got to well, be careful. Well, with they're
3: that. in the AFC, so I could be a Bills fan right up until yeah. the Super Bowl, when I'll have to cheer for the Eagles. Yeah,
1: Something a, you've learned about Buffalo that you didn't know before?
3: Oh, that is a tough question. <laughs> I spot. followed them today. Yeah, um, not as
2: much snow as you thought, because it looks yeah. like you know we've. No.
3: Yeah, it's only God. been like 40 degrees since I've gotten here. That's so right. I've been right. pleasantly surprised with Thank the weather. Thank you for bringing the heat in yeah. relative yeah. terms here. Yeah. Okay,
1: uh, most recent music download for you.
3: Um, We were listening in Columbus a lot to the Noah Kahan. Oh, Noah Kahan, yeah. yes, amazing. I think he's real popular right now. He so is super I've been popular. I've listening
1: to him a lot. Yeah, fantastic. Hey, are, okay. you movie, my
2: day. are you a movie or a TV show kind of guy? Uh, I'll do both. Do both. Yeah, Anything nope. that you're watching now or recently th- with the road trips on the plane?
3: Um, I'm watching a World War II documentary on Netflix right I now. See, that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's history the history guy. History guy. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> history major coming out a little <laughs> I bit. Lo- uh, I saw a,
2: a preview for a movie that is um, about the rowing uh, boys back in 1936 Olympics, and it's it's about you know Hitler and all of that and how this this rowing team came together um I just saw it yesterday I, my son loves history so I'm like that's when we're gonna go watch but yeah, it's like, I haven't heard of that I'll have to check yeah it out. I'm gonna have to get you the actual title name and okay. somebody on social media may hit us with the actual uh, title of the movie but I'll have to let you know
1: last okay. one what's the uh what's the vibe around uh the room this morning with uh, a youngster like Jack Quinn coming back
3: yeah it's exciting. Um, I think just adding another dynamic player to your lineup is is awesome, and, you know, he's all smiles and excited. So, you know, we're real happy for him to be back. Absolutely. Eric.
1: Why, wait,
2: why, oh. why 50?
3: Uh, it was just given to me. Okay. Yeah, I did, not, I'm, not like, I'm looking at your
2: patch on your shoulder, and I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, 50 is a different number.
1: Like, not yeah. a lot of players wear yeah. 50. I so. would call
3: it a bad number probably, but. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> only skater in Sabres history to wear number 50. Oh, really? Yes, we had one goalie yeah. Nathan yeah, wore a, for It does a seem
3: days. a bit like. Uh, more goalies are wearing it for some reason. Yeah, it's kind of um, a different number. But yeah, no, I signed. Yeah. I signed with Columbus out of Princeton, and uh, when I got there, it was just it was just on there. Oh, so okay. I I asked at one point and got shot down. I think uh, maybe someone else was wearing it or something. So I was like, ah, eh, we'll just stick with fifty, I guess.
2: So your number at Princeton was what? Eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. So you asked for eighteen, and they said. I think
3: I asked for nineteen because okay. uh, Pierre Luc Dubois was already in eighteen yeah. when I got there. And then I forget something. I, uh, they were like, oh, sorry, someone already asked for 19 or something. When Pete
2: Rogers was your trainer, and, and <laughs> like I had in Rochester. I'm like, hey, number one, I don't like it. Can I have a different number? Can I have 43? Nope. No. Okay, <laughs> that's
1: good. Like, rookie, back to your stall. I'm like, right. okay. <laughs> Eric, good luck tonight. Thanks for stopping by. All
3: right, thank you so much.
1: Eric Robinson and company in Wooville tonight. That's the theme as part of Winterfest, and we're looking forward to January 20th when it's Kids Takeover. We want you to be a part of the experience. Uh, Sabres Lightning Kids Takeover Day. Roles include junior social media editor, junior reporter, and more. Make your submission now at saberscom takeover. That was one hell of a promo you made for that rowing team. Did you The actually, boys in the boat. Oh, my gosh. That's the movie. Rule number one, when you're going to talk about something, <laughs> no, well, it's like, have the name handy so well, we know yeah, what the, the heck you're talking okay, about but
2: i i knew i was gonna find it and i did you find did? it so it's you called did. the boys in the boat oh thank goodness it's about university of washington rowing team that went to the 1936 berlin olympics mm-hmm. and uh their journey to that so uh i'm, cool. I'm definitely going to be watching that it, it piqued my interest and that's what the trailer does right it either gets you or it doesn't get you
1: how do you feel about wooville
2: um, I feel like it's going to be because we got a little dusting of snow. I think it's going to be great. Fans mm-hmm. showing up tonight, uh, gonna enjoy this winter fest and, uh, the game. And I, I'm really looking forward to this game tonight for the Sabres, to be honest with you. I'm looking forward to the energy. Black and red again, the goat head. So that usually starts the, uh, the festivities all good with, with the Sabres and their fans. So
1: yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Sabre store pop up, hot chocolate, specialty crepes. Also, Fans can take a photo in Alumni Plaza with the actual sleigh from the 2000 film, How the Grinch Stole Christmas.
2: You want to know that sleigh is often at the East Aurora Movie Theater on Main Street. Mm -hmm. They have it there. They have it inside. They have it outside. I've seen it multiple times. I've I've and it's it's very uh, unique, right, to see it. And it's spectacular. I think if you watch. Obviously, Audi Grinch told Christmas you're going to recognize the sleigh, and it's uh, it's a part of history, so uh, take a picture with it, yeah.
1: Not sure if you'll recognize what's at the New Amsterdam Vodka Bar, but it will be featuring Wooville Fizz tonight, so uh, please indulge responsibly.
2: Well, you know what, if it's a little cold, a little uh, New Amsterdam Vodka is going to warm your inside out, so uh, that's good.
1: I'm in black and red, Uh, you're in black and red, and uh, we are anticipating what... From Daniil Tarasov, because, yes, once again, we see a head-to-head matchup that has six goaltenders on the game sheet tonight, three aside, as Tarasov tries to find his way with the Jackets. This will be his first start against Buffalo in what is still a very low number in his career. He's almost uh, identical, as far as games played, to Levi's career to date.
2: Yeah, Tarasov, uh, for me, was always a good prospect, but injuries and, Mm -hmm. you know... Basically, roadblocks have have stopped his development a little bit. So, trying to get himself uh, into a rhythm here, only a second game of the season. Um, look, Columbus. At times, I watch them play, and they they can come out and and put some offense. It's you know, there's some major swings in their games. Mm-hmm. The door swings wide open one way, and then wide open the other way, and uh, they'll give up some chances. They will give up some chances as. Don Granado talked about the game in Arizona. They had opportunities. End of the first period, early second period. They had opportunities. There was a shift that led to a one nothing goal. That was for a minute and a half. They weren't able to convert. There was a shorthanded chance by Tage Thompson. Who couldn't go around... Uh, Karel Vemelka, and that was basically the game. There was two huge opportunities the Sabres could not convert. You'll get opportunities against Columbus, and you'll get opportunities against Teresoft, so you're going to have to put it in the back of the net. You're going to have to convert because, as you pointed out, that 2.6 is, is not going to work, right? 2.6 goals per game. Call from mom. Answer it.
0: Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game.
2: Uh, that the Sabres are scoring recently now is just yeah. not going to work.
1: It's 2.8 on the season. Columbus yeah. is at 3 uh, but their goals against is uh, a tad higher at 3.6. They've been obviously going through Merzlikins and Spencer Martin and now Tarasov with his second game of the season. His first was on Saturday when they lost 6-3 to the Devils. Blown leads have been a, a big story for Columbus this yep. year but it also speaks to their ability to get the leads which is why it's not surprising that the Jackets have actually scored a little more than the Sabres. If yeah. you would have predicted that at the start of the season, I think um, most wouldn 't have bought into it, but where Columbus has had great success relatively speaking, is first-year players and, you know, significant young player impact. Obviously, Chinnikov's on a hot streak right now. Yeah. Uh, Dmitry Voronkov, who we saw in the preseason, has been quite good for them. And Kirill Marchenko has found his way to 10 goals so far in 30 games. So a guy who was, you know, really good last year from a goal-scoring standpoint in his first NHL season. Um, th- the problem is... Is a has been hurt, so he hasn't produced the numbers, and Gaudreau hasn't produced the numbers either. They're, they're, based on the supporting cast stepping up, there was greater potential for Columbus to be even higher, yeah. much higher offensively than what they are right now. So I think they, you know, this is, uh, to me, this, and I, I mean, it's every game for me. I, I don't like when people look at a schedule and say, oh, you should win this game. Like, to me, that doesn't even exist in today's NHL. But if you need to hear it, I'll say don't sleep on Columbus.
2: No, so. you don't sleep on Columbus. But as you pointed out last week, and they had a game in Toronto where they're up 5 nothing after two just to see that lead evaporate. But they and won they, because they won they're capable. Yeah. Yes, they won in OT because um, they have that offense. You talk about that line, Voronkov, Chenikov and Marchenko. I, I'm telling you, number 10. Dmitry Voronkov, you're not going to be able to take your eyes off of him. Mm -hmm. He is massive... He is talented. He basically stands in front of the net. You can't move him. Uh, he's so strong in the corners. Then um, that line has worked really well together. Now, funny enough, I was talking to some Columbus people this morning, and they said they had to send him to Cleveland at the start of the year because he needed to lose weight. He was out of shape, and you know what? He did his work in the American League, and now he's come back to the uh, to the NHL and has a bit of a dominant a streak in him he can be very dominant shift in shift out so to me that's uh, one player to really watch
1: you have an audience i
2: know we have a team uh that is gonna play here probably at KeyBank center later maybe they're doing their warm-ups they're zooming in and out of the yeah a. they got their
1: zoomies there's no question about that <laughs> now is it common to send someone to cleveland to lose weight is that a thing
2: i don't think that's a thing well, because
1: you just said it in the case of ronkov so
2: Yeah, who else went to Cleveland to lose weight?
1: No, no, I'm just saying the way you presented it, it's like it's it's this like a thing in America, like people go to Cleveland to lose weight.
2: No, uh, but I've because like you
1: could lose weight, you could still stay in Columbus and lose weight, right?
2: I think it was more the message about like we really like you. We we saw him in preseason. There was some some really good uh, Mm sights from and how much did he lose in
1: Cleveland in a really short period of time? Like these are important questions.
2: Well, I didn't want to be too personal um, because I feel like talking about weight sometimes can uh, rub people the wrong way. But um, from what I was gathering, it was somewhere around the 10 to 12 pounds yeah. that he needed to lose. And he went down there and he did. Look, Kent Johnson's the same thing. It wasn't to lose weight, but no. he went down
1: See, it's not to the, the same AHL. Yes.
2: And it was like, all. look, you're talented, but you're going to have to adjust your game. Mm. And um, the game against Toronto... Which was that crazy five nothing five five six five overtime game? He was very skilled, and he does have that ability to make plays around the net. He had two goals in that game because he uh, he got involved. So again, a little trip to Rochester, not Rochester to Cleveland. Just like Levi went to Rochester, not to lose weight. He didn't go to lose weight, but he went to uh, get an eagle head uh, put over uh, <laughs> you know his bucket and uh, celebrated a sh- shootout win in his first appearance there.
1: All right, we're back after this. It's a game day. It's Winterfest, and we are at Key Bank Center on Sabres Live. We're back with more of Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and
0: Casinos. Nothing else comes close.
1: What are the foam dice telling you about tonight's over-under score, total goals, Oh, I. Think, I don't see them. I thought I figured no, you'd be they're, juggling they're them all day here.
2: I was. You know what? They, they became uh, a bit of a. Um, uh, I don't want to call it a crutch, um, a <laughs> habit. I have him in my hand all the time at yeah. home, and I'm like, "You hey, listen, I, it's not very professional." If I walk into, you know, my my workplace with. The Dice in my hands, they're gonna think I have some kind of an addiction or whatnot. Yes. So yes. I decide to left and leave them home. Uh, what I see, I do see the Sabres team winning. I see them scoring. Uh, personally, as a team, um, four goals tonight. That's what okay. I see. At least four goals. And and black that, and red. Do
1: you want to change your opinion? Or?
2: Oh, I was gonna say six or seven, but I'm gonna stay at at four because. Um, that would be a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And I, I so I see them winning this game, it, it, a 4-2, a 5-2, and an empty net type of game for me. That's, that's really how I see this game shaping up tonight.
1: Well, from a player standpoint, um, what is it like, even for Eric Robinson, who guested with us in the first half hour, but... For the young defensemen, like now Bryson being on waivers, Mm -hmm. and we'll find out by 2 o'clock today whether he clears or heads to Rochester, presumably, or, you know, any other, call them bottom six forwards if you want, but based on talking about Skinner and Gergensons and Greenway and Quinn returning tonight, is it hard? Do you sense when you're a teammate of players who may be on the bubble, that it's uh, a challenging time. Like, what is
2: that like? It, It is a challenging time, and it is an uncomfortable time, especially now. At Christmas and New Year's, right? There's, well, there's, there is the roster freeze. There is the roster you know, freeze starting so. tonight at midnight, eleven fifty-nine, I believe it is, and so you cannot place anybody on waivers um, it to be sent down to Rochester, or unless it, it is a circumstance that is is within the rule book an emergency call up or anything mm-hmm. like that uh, but uh, it, it is a little uncomfortable i won't lie to you when you get around these times where families are getting together and it's there's a lot more of a personal side of it mm-hmm. you know when you're in january february and it's full go like you're on the highway to the playoffs or the you know trade deadline everybody understand it's business you're on the block you're being rumored to be traded you know you may be called up sent down it's part of it this time of year it's a little different and now the sabers find themselves where they've got healthier bodies there's more players on the ice that we've seen in recent you yep. know weeks yep. and th- there's still going to be more players when Zemkus gergensen's returns to the ice and when jeff skinner returns to the ice it's going to be very crowded mm-hmm. and so somebody somewhere is going to uh, very be very disappointed obviously with some of the decisions that the team will have to make roster-wise, but I, I find it that it's uncomfortable at times. Um, but then at the same time, if you're Tage Thompson or Alex Tuck or Rasmus Dahlin, you're thinking, we want the bodies back. We want Jeff Skinner back. We want mm-hmm. you know everybody to be healthy to be able to win games. We need to make a push. Let's get the best roster we can get. And then let's see where we are with that.
1: I thought you were going to say something different when you brought up those top-end names because I thought you might say that they're more aware of their own needs to be better and not maybe as aware of you know the players on the bubble trying to survive and stay. Is that fair? That's uh,
2: fair because in, in, in the end, the players that are on the bubble – there's, yes, there's a team aspect of it, but there's a very much of a personal aspect of it. I want to stay in the NHL. Correct. I want to, you know, maybe you're a first year, second year, third year. Maybe you're a ninth year guy, but you want to stay in the NHL. You want to continue to play. You want to continue to have an impact. Um, So it becomes, let's say, 50-50. There's 50, that's the team aspect of it, but 50, that's you Mm -hmm. wanting to stay there. For Tage Thompson, Rasmus Dallin, the guys that we know are not going anywhere right now, Um, it's pretty much of a 90-10, right? It's like, what can I do personally to help the team? well that's
1: where I'm that's, I, that's what yeah, it is it's
2: yeah. not so much like okay where am I going to be next week how does that work it's 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 probably a hundred percent all your impact how your play impacts the team and right. trying to get results
1: well obviously a uh, uh, heavy heavy weight on all of them At the, I know I don't want to overstate it here but uh, the reality is they're sitting here three games under 500 as they're heading into the Christmas break yes. at the end of the week which will give them three days off and then three more before the end of the year so tonight it's Columbus Thursday it's Toronto. Saturday It is the New York Rangers. Meanwhile, there are teams in the conference, like last night, Pittsburgh picking up a couple of points, but also Ottawa, while sitting, waiting their next game, which is tonight, as they are in Arizona, uh, they make the coaching change that every single person in the hockey community could have seen coming the second they brought back Jacques Martin. Or, if you didn't see it coming there, you could have seen it coming when they were in Europe, when they put Daniel Alfredson behind the bench in a cameo role, just because. So, none of this. To me, is surprising that Jock is back and Daniel is by his side.
2: It's not surprising. We could have probably seen it coming this summer when Michael Enlauer uh, was the new owner of the team, and then you put a clock on Pierre Dorian and DJ Smith, and the first dominant to fall was Pierre Dorian when, well, when they were stripped of a draft pick, a first-round draft pick, for not passing along the information about a no-trade clause on Evgeny Dodonov, and then that trade didn't materialize, and mm-hmm. it became a mess. So the league said, no, nah, you know what, that was on the Ottawa Senators. So that happened. And there was many other things that happened around the organization, and then they said, okay, the GM is gone, Steve Steyos comes in as the president, interim GM, and then right then you had to start putting a clock on DJ Smith as well. But I do believe, I do believe that the Ottawa Senators gave as much time... And probably more time than they should have to DJ Smith and his coaching staff to figure it out. Mm-hmm. There was a trip to Europe, and I thought maybe it was going to happen before that, before the trip to Sweden. And then they come back, and you look at the standings, and you say, Ottawa has all these games in hand. And they, they still can, do. They still do, but if they can just win, you know, a few of those games and get themselves closer and say, hey, we're four points out with four games in hand, mm-hmm. it's a good position to be. They haven't been able to do that. Yeah. And then it, it shows... They were defending horrendously in the last few games. The type of goals that they were giving away right around the net, rebounds, guys wide open, awful, awful, awful um, awareness defensively. And everybody's frustrated. Brady Kachuk, I know he's getting in the fight and he's trying to get his team going, but he had taken a stupid penalty before that. He got into it with Pyotr Kachetkov after the penalty shot where he felt like, oh, you tripped me. And he's like... There's frustration there, and mm-hmm. that can't happen when you're wanting to achieve a goal. I understand little frustration comes in, but it can't carry over game after game after game. And unfortunately for D.J. Smith and uh, and, and, and um, his staff too, right? There's a uh, uh, pain that also was let go. Whatever with, you say. Yeah, he was let go as well. So, uh, you know, now Jacques Martin comes in with Daniel Alfredson.
1: Ottawa's lost four in a row in 7 of 10, but they have six games in hand on the Buffalo Sabres at this point in time. Uh, last night, Detroit lost again they have one win in their yeah. last seven the ducks have rattled off a couple of wins in the east on uh consecutive games to uh do a mild favor for the sabers of course minnesota did no favors because they fell in regulation time to pittsburgh's two more for the pens the habs win in overtime as they too continue to pick up points on a regular basis 3-2 at the jets seattle might be to me a team that uh does uh, at some point, have to do something drastic. Now, granted, they did... Claim Thomas acquire Thomas Tatar over the weekend, and he did score last night. But they fell 4 3 in overtime to the Dallas Stars, as Harley had the winner there. And Florida kind of stubbed their toe through Western Canada for the most part, mm-hmm. as they fell against Calgary last night, 3 1. But all it means, if you're singularly looking like we are every single day at uh, the Eastern Conference, it's Buffalo trailing Carolina, which is wild card number one by six points, and Washington, which is wild card number two. The downside is the Capitals have four games in hand on Buffalo
2: yeah and I keep waiting for the Capitals to kind of take a step back now and it's not happening they still keep putting points and they find ways to win and uh, yeah it's been in the shootout and it's been in OT and it's been without Alex Ovechkin really getting going but you know they are getting good goaltending and and uh, Darcy Kemper the other day was good Charlie Lindgren has been really good so that's the one thing Uh, you Mentioned the Canadians winning in OT against the Winnipeg Jets. They took a two nothing lead. The Jets came back to tie mm-hmm. it, uh, and there was a huge battle. But so the Canadians get a four on three power play in overtime. Yes, and it looked very good. It look it looks so good. And so there's a clip there of Alex Burrows, who is the uh, one of the coaching the coaches on Martin St. Louis' staff. He's got the board, and he's basically. St- There's so much circles and red markers on that board, and he's pointing. You cut across. You cut across, and then you come back, and yeah, you be careful. I'm gonna stab you with this pen. But you watch that four-on-three goal, and for me, you know why I say you got to be snack crackle pop crack crack. You got to but. If you're going to move players, you got to move with a, a burst of speed. You can't just move because you're like, oh, I'm going to go over there now and right. take my time. Yeah, have a purpose. Have a purpose <laughs> when you move on the power play. And so I like to have a purpose, move the puck quickly. But if you're not going to do that because it's a four-on-three and you want to have motion, mm-hmm. everybody was moving at a high pace of speed, a high rate of speed. And that made the difference. And it was a simple shot from the middle of the ice, like right from the point that ended up going in from Barron. But the movement I don't know
1: if Connor Hallebuck would agree. But there was a
2: screen. But the movement set that up for me, but it was fast movement.
1: So Barron's then, been really good. The Habs have a lot of good young defensemen. It was Barron on Barron
2: because mm-hmm. Justin Barron had the shot and Morgan Barron couldn't block it. That's mm-hmm. what happened
1: last night. That, what was Murray Barron's commentary on the matter? Did not have a commentary
2: on the matter that no, I know of.
1: Not, you know of no, Is he not, not on Twitter? He may have That's a good feeling, man. When? Not being on Twitter. Oh, yeah. I didn't check. I didn't. I don't <laughs> Nor check. did I. Clearly. <laughs> All right. We'll take a quick timeout. Come back with who knows what. Is that a new segment on Sabres Live? I don't know. Yeah. It's a game day. Sabres and Jackets. Straight ahead. We are in Wooville, we are in KeyBank Center, we are at the home of the Buffalo Sabres. It's we Jackets and Sabres Yeah, did you notice the oh if only I had hand warmers. I
2: know if you only had you could share your hot hands, but no
1: They're not hot. I should have brought the warmers. Maybe I'll have them on uh, standby tonight. I mean I may as well employ them right from the oh, get go. You had a scarf 6:30. that I could borrow. Well, here's the thing. We took advantage of a little social media opportunity before the show. And guess what got wet? Your hat my scarf, thanks to you. Oh,
2: well, because so of me yeah, putting snow yeah, on your head.
1: So I had to take the scarf off, so I'm a little colder than usual. Blah, well, it's, blah, it's blah, blah, blah. Nice it's a me? village
2: outside, and it's great. And it listen, is. fans it, are coming through, and there's little little youngsters that are ready to play some games here uh, at Quebec Center or Harbor Center.
1: Can you tell me what Tooth is up to, speaking that's of That's what youngsters? I was going to say. Thank because, you. Uh, you know, it's the uh, 12 Days of Toothmas.
2: Uh, tooth. if you follow him on X or on Instagram, go to Instagram, because that's where it's all at. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so today it's the kickoff to wooville and you can win a goathead jersey signed by alex tuck yesterday it was a mini saber a beanie and an owen power signed puck so for the next well 12 days of tootmas uh, there's going to be prize giveaways so you got to go to instagram saber and you're going to get all the information there
1: one word uh, alex tuck will he score the game winning goal in wooville tonight
2: Um, He will assist on the game-winning goal tonight, and you know who's going to score the game-winning goal tonight? It's going to be Tage Thompson, and because I feel that Tage is is the kind of competitor in him that sees that shorthanded opportunity against Arizona slip away and... Um, he took a one-timer in practice on the power play today. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is not usually happening in practice. You don't take one-timers not knowing if somebody's going to get in front of it. And he's basically saying, get out of my way. I want to score, and I think he'll get the game-winning goal tonight.
1: Jacob Bryson, clear waivers at 2 p.m.?
2: Unfortunate. I mean, Jacob... No, will he? Oh, well, I thought you meant, well, yes, he will clear. And, yes, it will be unfortunate because I do believe that Jacob Bryson has been effective in in a role and was waiting for his opportunity and it didn't come and so he was kind of the man left off and now we'll get a chance to play some games in Rochester and wait for another opportunity
1: Yuri Kulik, speaking of Rochester, will play his final game as an Amarok there tomorrow night before departing for the World Juniors in Sweden. Mm -hmm. He has 17 points in 14 career World Junior games. He was an all-star in the tournament last year. He went to overtime in the gold medal game for Czechia before losing to Canada. They have not won gold since 2001, that nation. This will be the third trip to the World Juniors for Yuri. What will his impact be on this tournament
2: well oh, i think it'll have a significant impact um i don't know if czechia is gonna be where they have been last year going to the gold medal game i do think that the usa canada i think sweden is a really good team as well so uh for me those are the type of the kind of the canada three teams that i'm looking at
1: over under on matt savoy's point total at the tournament 12 and a half is the bar uh, that you said I'm setting.
2: Okay, I am going to say 11 points. That's okay. what he's going
1: to get. So that's an under. Uh, will the Sabers' result rhyme with the player returning to the lineup tonight?
2: Well, uh, yes, it will. And I, I said that. Win it I, to I, win it, baby. Quint it to win it. I think it's a 5-2 empty net type of game tonight. So Sabres by multiple goals, that's the way I look at it.
1: There have been 80 goalies employed in the NHL this year. Does that surprise you that it's, in my opinion, that low?
2: Um. <laughs> No, it is low. I, I would have expected it to be 90 95 by now because that's what we the trend has been. Of, yes. You know the idiot goalie, according to Money Puck, on uh, uh, expected goals uh, against? No. It's uh, Stuart Skinner. Oh. And with the inventory. I Habers. mean, I
1: guess if I'd thought about the question for more than a split second, <laughs> I probably would have landed on the answer, wouldn't I? I'll be better tonight at 6.30, I promise. No, that's
2: all right. I won't prompt you with of uh, We'll, those s- we'll questions. see you then
1: on Sabres tonight. <laughs>